You are Locked On Broncos, your daily podcast on the Denver Broncos, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And the Denver Broncos have taken Super Bowl 50. That's right. You were locked on Broncos. It is time to drop some knowledge. I am Chad Jensen, the publisher of MileHighHuddle.com, part of Scout Media, and with me is my co-host, Luke Polglaze, a semi-pro football coach and NFL draft analyst. Luke, what's good? Happy Friday, my friend. Another week, another week of Broncos talk. Happy Friday to you. I think I just said Friday, but yes, I did mean Friday. I am trying to speak the English language. Um, Try to call a great, great painter, right? <laughs> Something like that. Go. There you go. We are committed to bringing you a daily podcast focused entirely on your Denver Broncos at least five days a week. And although we do cover the news, we're not here to just report on it. We're here to do a deep dive on your favorite team, the Denver Broncos. So help us out. Retweet the episodes on Twitter, share them on Facebook, and go check out our work at milehighhuddle.com. We have exclusive premium Broncos content, more deep dive stuff for the Broncoholics out there. Our subscribers get 10% off on tickets, 10% off on Broncos team merchandise through Fanatics. Excellent stuff. Go check it out. And follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnBroncos. We really need each listener. Just take a quick second. Find at Locked On Broncos on Twitter. Click the follow button. You've helped us in about a month or so get close to 200 uh, followers, and we very much appreciate that, but we got to keep it growing. Now, the home of Locked On Broncos is Audio Boom, but make sure to subscribe as well on iTunes. And if you're an Android user on Stitcher, we got a season in the books. Didn't go the way we had hoped, but we've got the coaching changes, free agency, the draft, and you're not going to want to miss a single episode. Now, there's a couple things we want to talk about uh, before we, we get to the divisional round that happened over the weekend and preview the title games, the conference championship games. Uh, but before we do, I want to talk about the two Bronco additions to the 2017 Pro Bowl um, that were announced over this past week. Give these dudes their props. First up, we have safety Darian Stewart. Now, Stewart, this is the first time. Uh, he's ever been to the Pro Bowl, or that he'll have ever been to the Pro Bowl. He's replacing Kansas City's Eric Berry, who is unable to participate due to injury. And if you look at Stewart, you know, he was part of the league's top-ranked passing defense. He finished with uh, 2016 with a career-high three interceptions. Um, he posted 68 tackles, 55 of which were solo, six passes defensed. He had a forced fumble. One fumble recovery. It was a very well-rounded season. And he was also named AFC's Defensive Player of the Week after recording three takeaways against New Orleans in Week 10. Now, Stewart, of course, he entered the NFL as a college free agent way back in 2010 um, out of uh, South Carolina. His first team was with St. Louis. Then he joined the Broncos as an unrestricted free agent in 2015. And in his two seasons in Denver, he's played 31 games with 29 starts. He's recorded 128 tackles, 101 solo, four interceptions. I mean, you look at this guy's um, statistical output. He's been quite the um, signing for John Elway. And now he's on his second contract with the Broncos. After signing a four-year extension this past season, he's going to be in Denver for the foreseeable future. 
Luke, your thoughts on Darian Stewart, an undrafted guy clawing his way up to the highest levels of the NFL? Well, I think at this point you can't not make the argument that he is the best uh, safety on this roster right now. I think he's outplaying TJ Ward, um, which is not easy to do considering that Ward is probably a top 10, 15 guy in the league. But I think Darian Stewart is a top five guy. Uh, He's been incredible for Denver this year, so undersung his versatility. Uh, He can play free safety. He can play up for you in the box. He's good. Good in coverage. We saw his ability to create turnovers earlier this season against the New Orleans Saints. I mean, what else can you say? This guy's getting it done right now in this defense, and he's got a guy who's just been promoted to defensive coordinator who was his position coach. That guy knows what to do with him, and Joe Woods, I think, will as defensive coordinator put him in um, position to have some great success this year. Yeah, I just I love his physicality. I just love how nasty he can be when he puts on um, you know, the pads and the helmet and gets out there. Just laying the wood, enforcing, getting into guys' heads, receivers, you know, crossing the middle. They're going to think twice with Darian Stewart pounding downhill toward him. Now the second guy who made the Pro Bowl this week as an alternate is wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. Now he replaces Oakland Raiders uh, receiver Amari Cooper, who is also unable to participate due to injury. Now this is Sanders' second Pro Bowl since being signed by Denver, and it's also his second career Pro Bowl. Both of them have come as as a Bronco. Uh, The Broncos signed him as a a free agent in 2014, and he's going to join Chris Harris, Aqib Tlaib, Von Miller, and, of course, Stewart in the annual All-Star Game. By the way, that's happening Sunday, January 29th in Orlando, Florida. Kicks off at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, It's going to be televised on ESPN. Now, Sanders, in 2016... This is pretty cool. Became one of eight active NFL players with three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons dating back to 2014. Uh, This past season, he totaled 79 catches for 1,032 yards and five touchdowns. And he also finished the season, uh, if I look here, 100. He had three 100-yard contests. His season high came uh, against Kansas City with 162 yards and a touchdown. Now, this is a former third-round pick of Pittsburgh. Um, Back in 2010, he's totaled, in his time as a Bronco, 256 receptions, 3,571 yards. Um, He's got 34 catches of 25-plus yards. I mean, you look at what this guy's done for Denver, um, teamed up with Demarius Thomas. These guys have become one of seven receiving duos. This is cool, too. In NFL history, to each record three consecutive 1,000-yard season. Uh, season. And I wasn't happy uh, with Sanders' kind of diva attitude early on this past season, you know, whining, complaining that there weren't enough balls going around. But there's no question, Luke, that he was one of the few bright spots on F, uh, offense for the Broncos this year. Yeah, I don't think there's really any disagreeing with that. I think he played an incredible season for Denver, much as he has over the last few years. Um, he's, I think, very consistent with his catching ability. Um, you know, Demarius Thomas goes through some drop streaks, but for the most part, Sanders is really kind of a shining bright spot in terms of that. Um, to me, uh, the difference that he really makes is that he can win outside uh, for a small guy. That's not typical. 
physical. I wouldn't I wouldn't really stick him in the slot, which a lot of people are going to do because because he's small. Um, you know, keep him outside where his speed can win downfield. That's where I like a player like him in an, in this offense. Uh, and I really gonna, am going to be very interested to see how he kind of develops chemistry with the two young quarterbacks on this roster. Being yeah. that he did speak earlier this year about how he felt like he was you know not getting enough looks. So I'm going to be very interested to see how that develops. So that makes five, and one guy to keep an eye on, five Pro Bowlers for the Broncos, and one guy to keep an eye on is if one of the centers ends up bowing out uh, is Matt Paradis. He has a, he's a first alternate, and if a guy like uh, Pouncey in Pittsburgh ends up going to the Super Bowl, you're going to see Matt Paradis also make the Pro Bowl. So we'll kind of keep our fingers crossed for him on that. It would be great recognition for the season he had. Now, real quick, um, before we get to the divisional round stuff and the championship games, I want to talk about a quick study that was done by the Interactive Advertising Bureau and Edison Research on podcasts. According to them, consumers are highly likely to purchase from podcast sponsors. According to the survey of 1,000 podcast listeners, nearly two-thirds, 65% of them, were more willing to consider purchasing products and services they learned about during a podcast. 60% added that given equal price and quality, they prefer to purchase from companies that advertise on their favorite podcast. So that's some powerful data. If you're a business owner, you're listening to this show, um, a couple things to keep in mind about Locked On Broncos. We love each and every listener. 98% of them, however, are male. 80% of them are between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you have a product or a service you'd like to reach that demographic, reach out to us. You should be sponsoring this podcast. Our email is LockedOnBroncos at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to touch base, and we can talk about it. Now, it's been a few days, granted. Here we are. It's Friday uh, since the divisional round games, but with so many Bronco topics to dissect this week, we kind of had our hands full. But let's take a quick look back, Luke, at what happened in the playoffs this last weekend and then preview the conference uh, championship games. And first off, we had the Seattle Seahawks losing on the road to the Atlanta Falcons 36-20. to This game honestly made me a believer in the Falcons as a contender, Luke. I was impressed with um, their overall performance as a team, especially coming off that bye. I was kind of curious to see how they would perform after the rest. Some teams come out in the playoffs after that bye just, you know, strong, rested, ready to go. Some teams, it it tends to set them back for whatever reason. Give us your thoughts, Luke, on the Seahawks-Falcons game. Yeah, well, I was looking forward to that one for a couple of reasons. Firstly, uh, and foremostly, I think, you know, the Falcons are kind of a, a kind of relative newcomer to the to the really you know to the playoffs this deep to be perfectly honest Um, they they had that success a couple of years ago but since then they've kind of struggled and they haven't really kind of had that shot again at going this deep in the playoffs so I was interested to see them against one of the real powerhouses in the NFC over the last couple years the real marquee name in the Seahawks who've been there time and again and this is kind of a banged up Seahawks squad uh, probably the worst offensive line that uh, Russell Wilson or maybe any quarterback ever Ever has had to deal with. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I, I was interested to see that. And I think the the Falcons answered all my questions. They silenced my doubts, at least. Um, you know, they, they were able to come out and play aggressively and uh, create some disruption against that Seattle uh, offensive attack. And I think, you know, they 
uh, really got it done on offense. I, you can't really say much more than that. And this is a Seattle team that came in with a great game plan, which was their first drive took over half of the first quarter. Right. You know, you can't, you know, Atlanta can't score if they can't get on the field offensively. And Seattle came out and just executed their first drive perfectly, you know, put up seven and kept you know, seven and a half minutes off the clock. From there, it was all Atlanta, and uh, they are they are showing up right now uh, as as we move forward into the championship game. A note on the Atlanta Falcons: Kyle Shanahan is reportedly uh, taking the San Francisco 49ers head coaching job. So, uh, hats off to him. Congratulations to him if that ends up being uh, true. Next, we had the Houston Texans uh, losing at Foxborough. Surprise, surprise to the New England Patriots, 34-16. to Now, I wasn't sure what to expect from this game after that egg the, the Texans laid against Jacoby Brissett and, the, you know, the, the well, what was it, week four, I think, they, they were shut out in uh, Foxborough. But this time around, the Texans' defense played with a vengeance. They beat the living crap out of Tom Brady. Um, Brock Osweiler, you know, he didn't get a lot of help from his receivers and tight ends or dropping some passes and some key times. Uh, it, it was kind of tough seeing that. And it might have been, Luke, the last time we ever get to see the great Vince Wilfork suit up. You know, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. He's had a heck of a career. But, you know, as far as it goes, it ain't easy being a nose tackle in the NFL. Uh, I can't imagine his body doesn't feel it even right now, days after the game. Um, He's had a heck of a career. I would say a Hall of Fame career, which might be stretching it for a nose tackle in the NFL. But I I think if, you know, if there's a guy, it's got to be him, right? You know, when we talk about nose tackles for years, you've just thought of Vince Wilfork. Um I mean, it was a rough game to be a Texans fan. That number one defense has carried them so far throughout this season. Um, And it did a good job, but it didn't do as great a job as they would have liked against Tom Brady. Yep, I mean, but it was a matter, of course. We knew that uh, the Patriots were going to take care of business at home against the Texans. But, you know, I look at what Brock Osweiler did, and I just think, you know, despite the struggles he had in Houston this past season, you know, do you think if he was the quarterback in Denver in 2016, the Broncos would have made the playoffs, Luke? I know you're not you're not keen on revisionist history and all that. I understand. But do you think the Broncos could have at least gotten to the tournament with him at quarterback instead of Trevor Simeon? Or do you think it would have been a wash? Um, you know, I think you kind of would have been about the same uh, performance for them. You know, that defense for both teams carried both young quarterbacks. I don't really see it any other way than that. You know, the Houston's defense benefited Osweiler just as much as the Broncos did um, with uh, Simeon. And quite honestly, just by virtue of the divisions that they played in dictated who made the playoffs and who didn't. Good point. Good point on that. Next, we had the phenomenal win by the Green Bay Packers over the number one seeded Dallas Cowboys, 34-31. This is one of the best playoff games uh, that we've had the pleasure to watch in a long, long time. We got to see Dak Prescott as a playoff quarterback, and you know he played well enough for his team to win, especially late in the game. Cowboys, I think, are set up for the next 10 years or so to be a powerhouse in the NFC. But old Aaron Rodgers, you know, he was touched by the golden finger of the football gods, making some of the biggest, most clutch throws I've ever seen in the playoffs. What a game, Luke. You know, that was one of the all-time greatest finales to a playoff game that I could, you know, that I can remember and certainly that you could even picture. I mean, there were three 50-yard-plus field goals inside two minutes. 
that's ridiculous. <laughs> and quite frankly, Dallas has a quarterback and a running back for the next 10 years in uh, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, but, you know. I don't think that they should be that disappointed. This is a team that wasn't expecting to do that much this year. With Tony Romo down, they were expected to just kind of limp through the season. Instead, they found a franchise quarterback. They've got a franchise caliber running game. Uh, and I think this team is going to be a contender. This is going to be a dangerous team for years to come. They just happened to run up against, I think, the most physically talented quarterback, certainly that I've ever seen play in the NFL at his hottest you know, you can't give Aaron Rodgers that much time and not expect him to do something. And Mason Crosby just did the rest. Speaking of field goals, finally, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, taking down the number two seeded Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead 18 to 16. This game, of course, set the new playoff record for most field goals. And, you know, I've got uh, a few friends and a couple of family members who are Chiefs fans. They're pulling their hair out over this one. And, you, you know, you got to feel for the Chiefs fans a little bit. They just can't seem to catch a break. friend of mine, um, Nick Athan, who's covered the Chiefs for many, many years, wrote a piece earlier this week, Luke, that I thought was interesting, um, posing the question whether the Chiefs have kind of hit their playoff ceiling with Andy Reid as the head coach. I think he had a fair point, but I would, I would tweak that question and insert, have the Chiefs hit their playoff ceiling with Alex Smith at quarterback? Your thoughts, Luke? Well, basically, they've invested at this point four years and two second-round picks of Alex Smith in one playoff win over a Brian Hoyer Texans team. You know, I think it's a very fair question to wonder whether uh, whether Alex Smith is the answer in Kansas City. Quite frankly, I don't think he is. But I, I do, I do think Andy Reid is still kind of. You know, he's there as a head coach. I mean, this is a guy who turned around a Kansas City Chiefs organization. Um, you know, they went two and 14. They had the tragic Javon Belcher, uh, you know, murder suicide. Yep. Um, they dealt through it with so much as a team. They had nobody at quarterback. And now Andy Reid has kind of turned them around into a, you know, a team that's challenging for the division title every year. And lest we forget, you know, look at what he, what his, his Philadelphia Eagles did, went to, you know, the conference championship for however many years on end and since then they've gone through chip kelly and now uh you know a a reed guy kind of ends up back in the building and doug peterson and they really have just struggled without reed so i think that it, reed kind of is get is not getting enough love for what he's done as a coach but i do think he's kind of hampered by alex smith who i just don't think is going to be a quarterback who's going to get you to that next level in the nfl agreed it is what it is um and let's move on, briefly preview the conference championship games and try to predict which teams are going to advance to Super Bowl 51. First up on Sunday, we have the Green Bay Packers traveling once again to take on the Atlanta Falcons in a battle of the two hottest quarterbacks in the league right now. And that's what you want from your quarterbacks in the playoffs. You know, you want them, you want them hitting their stride uh, in the tournament. Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan, they're playing phenomenal football, but Luke... I think whichever team here plays the best defense on Sunday is going to emerge victorious. I'm taking Atlanta at home. They made me a believer. I think they're going to get it done. Give us your thoughts on the game and a prediction. Oof. Well, I think – well, I – hmm. Both teams last weekend made me uh, really impressed by what they were able to do. I actually picked the other two teams in both NFC games, so I really shouldn't be picking at this point. Um, to be honest, right now, I can't pick against Aaron Rodgers. He's the hottest man in football, 
And I think he's going to do otherworldly things once again on Sunday, which is kind of ridiculous at this point to expect anything but that. Um, I do think he's going to come in. I think he's going to be motivated. And I think he's going to take this Atlanta team to task. The difference is that Green Bay secondary, they, they ain't good. And they're going up against probably the most high-powered offense in football outside of uh, Green Bay. So I do think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, but I think Aaron Rodgers is just too clutch right now to go against. So I am picking Green Bay. And for what it's worth, I'm terrible at picking games. It's For whatever reason, as an analyst, it's one of my weaknesses. So you could very well be right. Um, finally, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Foxborough to do battle with the evil empire the very New England Patriots. The only hope for Broncos fans at keeping the Patriots out of yet another Super Bowl, Ben Roethlisberger. And it's a marquee quarterback matchup, just like the NFC side, Roethlisberger versus Brady, arguably the two best quarterbacks in the AFC going toe-to-toe. This time around, the Steelers, compared to last year, are at full strength offensively. They got both Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Uh, despite some of Brown's uh, flub-ups with social media over the past week. The Patriots are almost unbeatable at home, especially in the playoffs. But I think there's something about the 2016 Steelers, Luke, that I'm buying. I'm taking the road team in an upset Pittsburgh wins. Your thoughts and predictions. Well, first of all, I've just realized I didn't make a score prediction for the last one. I'm going to jump back and say Green Bay 31-30 to over Atlanta. With this one, I'm taking New England 28-27. I do think they're going to be both very close title games. I think it's going to come down to the last minute for both. And with this one, I'm taking New England for one specific reason. No team all year has been able to figure out Le'Veon Bell and his patience behind the line. I think that Bill Belichick, if anybody in the league is going to figure it out, it's going to be him, and, and I think he's going to have something up his sleeve or up his hoodie um, to, <laughs> to deal with that uh, come Sunday. I do think he's going to have to take away either the passing game or the run game for Pittsburgh. Quite frankly, I know this is kind of crazy to say at this point, but Ben Roethlisberger, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback, might be the worst of the four quarterbacks playing this Sunday. I think Belichick is going to make him throw to win the game by taking away the run game been a great week a lot of broncos stuff happening thanks for being with us we'll be back uh monday so stay tuned be sure to follow the show on twitter at locked on broncos you can find luke in the twitterverse at luke polglaze and myself at chad and jensen we do want to hear from you so hit us up check out the other killer podcasts on the network check out locked on nfl draft locked on nfl's great and don't forget to subscribe for luke i'm chad we'll talk to you next week Mile high huddle. <laughs>